I'm JG Michael, and this is Parallax Views. Hello, this is Mike Swanson. In a few moments, you're going to listen to another segment of Parallax Views. But before you do that, let me tell you about my new book, Why the Vietnam War. It's a sequel to my previous book called The War State, which has lots of positive reviews and Amazon's been out for years. But this one is a more detailed case study of how American Empire National Security State operate using Vietnam. And I believe it shows also how things work today, how policy is actually made and why. So grab the book on Amazon.com, Why the Vietnam War. This edition of Parallax Views is brought to you by the $10 and above tier supporters of Parallax Views on Patreon. So, with that in mind, producers credit shoutouts to Gunner, Mark, Alexander, Catherine, Tilo, Emilia, Jeff, John, B. Lund, Brian, Elliot, Michael, Brace, Nick, Galen, Arlen, Bo, Gigadelic Media, Chance, Chase, Dan, David, Gary, Ishtofer, James, Martin, Matthew Ho, Nobody, Thomas, and Dano. And now on to the show. Hey there, Parallax Views listeners. On this edition of the program, Russian leftist Ilya Butchtreskis, author of Dissidents Among Dissidents, Ideology, Politics, and the Left in Post-Soviet Russia, returns to discuss crackdowns on the anti-war movement in Russia as well as his thoughts on the Russia-Ukraine conflict a year into the anniversary of Russia's invasion. Over the past year, I've provided a plethora of different views on this conflict, and I plan to continue to provide multiple viewpoints rather than one sort of take on the subject. I pride myself on having guests from all different walks, and I think that Ilya provides a perspective that deserves to be heard. So, with that being said, let's get right to it with Ilya Butreitskis. Welcome back to Parallax Views, a guest that I'm very happy to be speaking with again, Ilya Butreitskis author of Dissidents Among Dissidents, Ideology, Politics, and the Left in Post-Soviet Russia, which has a really nifty introduction by Tony Wood, who's also been on this show before. How are you doing, Ilya? Uh, Thank you. I'm fine. So, Ilya, I wanted to invite you back on the show because the last time we talked, uh, it was before this war broke out. And I just wanted to get your thoughts first and foremost on how you assess the Russian invasion of Ukraine and what has happened since then. What's your basic assessment of what led up to this and uh, just the shock of it happening? Because I know you and many others were uh, in in a lot of ways surprised that this would actually happen. 
Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> uh, probably surprise is, is not the best uh, word uh, for it. Uh, because, uh, of course, uh, most of my, let's say, friends, comrades, uh, activists in Russia, they didn't expect uh, this war to happen until the, uh, the last moment. And the reason, uh, like my reason, <laughs> why, why I, I believe that uh, it's, it's, it's not possible, uh, was mostly because of the... Uh, you know, lack of the concrete political goals of this war. So I didn't believe it because I didn't understand why Russia needed, what what kind of goal uh, could be reached uh, by, by, by this invasion. Uh, because for sure uh, the, the idea was to take over... Um, they uh, take the the uh, the whole political control on Ukraine. So that uh, that idea was quite clear, but uh, it was quite clear uh, since 2014. Yes. So and in fact, we saw the different ways, uh, including so-called uh, Minsk agreements, uh, how to to solve this uh, this problem of the existence of the independent uh, Ukraine. Uh, for Russia, how how to to uh, to put uh, some uh, some uh, pro-Russian uh, or not just pro-Russian but Kremlin-controlled government in, in in the top of of Ukraine uh, that was quite clear. But I didn't uh, understand uh, so how the full-scale military invasion uh, could uh, lead uh, to uh, to this. <clears throat> and basically, uh, we saw that uh, that this plan uh, failed in uh, in very beginning of the invasion. Uh, the plan to uh, to put uh, some uh, new, like pro-Putin or Putin-controlled uh, government on the top of uh, on, on Ukraine. And uh, then war uh, continued uh, since, uh, let's say, April, uh, according to some other uh, scenario, a scenario that was different from uh, from the initial one. And uh, after the year of, of this war, we saw how many <laughs> like scenarios uh, from the Russian side they uh, they uh, changed uh, each other. Uh, so in fact, still we can't uh, say that uh, there is any concrete, uh, you know, vision of the Russian, uh, let's say, victory uh, in this war. Uh, the the task from uh, from uh, the Kremlin is not how to win this war, but uh, how not to lose in this war, and that uh, that is uh, that is quite clear uh, for the moment. What what do you mean by that uh, when you say that their task is? Not to win this war, but not to lose this war. Uh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> when you look to the to the Russian um, uh, like propaganda, when you look to the official explanations coming uh, directly from Putin and other Russian uh, officials about the goal of this war, uh, you will find uh, the main uh, trope, and the trope is that uh, this is the war between the Russia and and the collective West. 
So it's not it's not the war in, uh, with Ukraine because there is no such uh, uh, entity as Ukraine. Well, right, was, he didn't even call it. Uh, I, I was not to interrupt you, but Putin didn't even call it a war initially. It was uh, called it like a special military operation, right? Uh, yeah, but in the same time, he also <laughs> he also used the term uh, war, so it's prohibited for all other uh, citizens of Russia. But for him, it's it's, it's okay to to use this term uh, when he uh, when he is talking not about uh, the events in Ukraine, but some general. You know framework of the conflict and uh, and so on, which is according to his uh, view, is not uh, about Ukraine, but about some kind of global uh, competition uh, with the West. Uh, so in this sense, uh, the 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 goal of his uh, uh, like military activity uh, to change uh, the the whole system of the let's say international relations. So the, the, according to his explanation, that is the, the goal. And uh, <clears throat> I will say that I'm, I am following very closely the, the Russian um, like news and uh, tabloids and things like this. And of course, all of them, they repeat again and again and develop uh, this, uh, this kind of um, uh, arguments uh, coming, coming from Putin. So uh, their scenario is that well we uh, should uh, continue this for some years the, this is a big uh, like conflict a global conflict not just about ukraine that will continue for some years and uh, then the the collective west uh, will be crashed some new world uh, will come uh, like world uh, divided on the various uh, civilizations uh, which will live according to their own rules, according to their uh, own laws, the multipolar uh, world, and that will be the final victory uh, of Russia, because we will finally live uh, with with our uh, like restored uh, historical Russian empire uh, with our traditional values. Uh, so it means uh, the life without uh, LGBT, uh, without uh, democracy, with, without all kind of Western dominated political and social uh, culture. So that 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 uh, that is the uh, uh, the true goal of this uh, of this war. And of course, it sounds like a, like a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, you can't uh, you can't. Uh, talk about it uh, as the real uh, as, as as the real goal of this uh, uh, war in uh, which is going on in Ukraine, because uh, it has nothing to do with the real uh, dynamics uh, in the front line, uh, where uh, it is quite clear that uh, for Russia it's very hard to continue the uh, the um, uh, offensive yes yeah, so even uh, if we see for last uh, eight months uh, how uh, russia still <clears throat> trying to uh, take over bakhmut uh, you know the small uh, city uh, in uh, in um, uh, Donetsk region. Uh, so that 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 uh, that is something that uh, really presents the uh, the uh, dynamics of this war. 
And uh, in this sense, uh, the, uh, uh, the real goal according to these dynamics is uh, not uh, to, uh, is just not to lose. Uh, it means to uh, save in some uh, way uh, nearly the same uh, border, nearly the same front line as it's already, uh, it's already exists. I mean, uh, the same from uh, front line, which uh, means that the new territories of Ukraine, which were occupied by uh, Russia since the beginning of the invasion, will uh, you know, remain under some Russian control in one way or another. So that uh, that is a kind of the real, real target uh, for, for, for now, which is not... Uh, openly discussed in the in the Russian propaganda among the Russian officials, but uh, it looks like a, a real thing. So one of the things you've been writing about lately is, uh, you know, dissent in Russia, uh, the anti-war movement in Russia. Could you talk a little bit about the anti-war movement in Russia and the ways in which it's essentially been, you know, crushed uh, by the Putin regime? So uh, the first thing to say uh, that, of course, after the beginning of the war, uh, the, um, uh, the whole political regime in Russia uh, changed radically. Uh, so the new laws were uh, implemented. The, uh, all the opposition uh, media uh, were, uh, were banned and, and so on. So uh, for now, Russia live, uh, uh, lives in the conditions of the real open dictatorship. Uh, so it's not uh, possible to express uh, any public opposition uh, to the war. So it means uh, not just uh, you know picket lines or uh, demonstrations or whatever, but it also means the uh, any comments on social media. Uh, it means uh, any uh, discussions with your friends and and colleagues like discussions on the workplace, on the streets, and so on, because uh, there, were, uh, there, there are a lot of cases by now when uh, where people uh, who uh, who just, you know, dubbed the so-called um, special military operation uh, in the, even in the private conversations, uh, they were arrested. Uh, oh, real quick, I, not yeah. to interrupt you, but I was going to say one of the uh, points in your latest article for Jacobin that stood out to me was uh, you spoke about how in last March, uh, a policeman uh, was arrested for sharing his opinion on what was happening with relatives over the phone. So, uh, I mean, we people are being arrested uh, for sharing conversations on the phone about the situation in Ukraine. Absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, like the last story that, uh, that happened just a few days ago in one uh, provincial Russian town where... Uh, um, a young girl, uh, like teenager girl, in the <clears throat> in school, uh, she uh, made the <clears throat> painting, uh, like some kind of pacifist painting with Ukrainian flag. Uh, his fa uh, her father was arrested, and then they were separated, and uh, she uh, she was sent to some I would call uh, the. You know, a place under the uh, uh, under the the um, 
let's say when, when you separate uh, the uh, the children uh, from their uh, uh, parents according like a detention yeah yeah yes 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 so that that, that happened just because of one uh, pacifist uh, painting uh, in, uh, in made by a teenager girl in school yeah so that's uh, that's the real situation of course it it produced a lot of uh, fear uh, like uh, <clears throat> uh, like uh, main element of the of the atmosphere and the uh, society yeah so people uh, are afraid to talk to each other uh, they they afraid to share their real uh, you know feelings about I, I was going to say there's even been an incident i think you wrote about it where um you know, a teacher was arrested after being reported by one of her own pupils. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it seems like there's almost like a, people snitch on each other to show their fealty towards the state. Uh, it seems like a very paranoid moment. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that's why, of course, in this atmosphere, uh, any, uh, any public opposition uh, to the war is not possible. But, uh, of course, uh, there, there, there is some... Uh, significant you know part of the russian society which uh, which um, uh, you know keep this kind of opposition um and uh, it uh, it could express in various you know in various ways <clears throat> and of course the the uh, number of uh, illegal like direct uh, actions uh, against the war, uh, they're uh, they're growing. Yes, so um, there are a lot of um, uh, a lot of these cases where uh, people uh, burned uh, the uh, conscription offices and, and military uh, offices. Uh, there, there were a lot of cases uh, where uh, people uh, during the night uh, destroyed the. Um, public symbols of this war, like this uh, letter Z and, and, and things uh, like this. So uh, in this sense, the, there is some kind of anti-war, uh, clandestine anti-war activity in Russia, but uh, of course it is still not uh, not enough to, you know, to, to, to stop uh, this, uh, this war of the Russian government in any way. One thing I wanted to get into, and maybe you could give a response to it, is uh, I know you've written about uh, people being afraid to voice a sort of anti-war opposition uh, to Putin's uh, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, but then some people will point towards, uh, say, the recent uh, Levada Center polls and say, well, these polls aren't run by the Putin government. Uh, in fact, uh, I think the Putin government uh, basically views them as very hostile, that uh, Levada Center. And I guess in the latest polls, they're reporting that uh, there's high Russian support uh, for the war or that the war is being seen as successful by the people polled in Russia about this by Levada. Um, how do you respond to that poll and maybe this this sense that some people in America have that uh, Russia is completely, the citizens are completely supportive of the war? Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> Uh, the main uh, like argument uh, behind because yeah, just to say that there is a big discussion about these polls uh, in Russia. So what they really represent is uh, uh, 
any kind of uh, opinion poll is possible <laughs> in such an atmosphere and such a uh, in such a society. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of arguments against any opinion polls in uh, Russia. But basically, people uh, if people are afraid to express their real uh, their real opinion, uh, so it means that uh, they will uh, just. Uh, mirror uh, the uh, the expected uh, position uh, from the pollster or from the government. Uh, that's why uh, this uh, the results of such opinion polls uh, means basically nothing. Uh, and the answer uh, to the uh, um, uh, from the Levada Center on on this kind of uh, arguments was that. Uh, well, uh, we we have a number of people who refuse to answer uh, our questions, and the percentage of this number of people is nearly the same as in any uh, I don't know Western country, like in France, in Germany, or in US. You have the nearly the same percent percentage of uh, people who refuse to uh, to uh, to answer. And I think is 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 not a good uh, is is not a good uh, um, uh, argument uh, simply because it not co correspond to the uh, to the main uh, you know question uh, of the, of this uh, of this polls. Of course, uh, when uh, people uh, uh, you know take any polls is the as the kind of uh as a kind of measure from the state <laughs> that uh, despite the fact that levada center is is uh, non uh, non-governmental uh, organization but of course most of russians they uh, they react uh, to such opinion polls as something coming from the state uh, in order to to test them yeah, and in the atmosphere where you can't uh, trust even your neighbors, of course you will not trust the, uh, you know, the poster. Uh, that's uh, that's why this uh, this results of this opinion polls, they, uh, as I believe, they uh, not present their real uh, the real picture. If you could, with regards to how the Putin regime is going after uh, protesters and dissidents. Uh, like what? What are the actual criminal cases? Like what? So, so they're going after people for, say, spreading fake news or discrediting the army. Like, what are the um, reasons they're going after these people, uh, these dissidents? Like, what? What are the exact uh, terms they use to describe the so-called crimes that these dissidents are committing in the eyes of the Russian state? So it's uh, like uh, I don't know. Uh, so you are distributing uh, some. Uh, facts about the uh, the actions of the Russians uh, of the Russian army in Mariupol when uh, you know it, it destroyed the the, the whole uh, uh, city where the most of population was uh, uh, was killed and so on and uh, these facts they are very different uh, from the official information coming. Uh, from the Russian Ministry of Defense. So the Russian Ministry uh, of Defense uh, is the only uh, is the only source of truth. It's the only source of objective facts. And if you propose some alternative uh, facts, 
uh, it means that you are distributing fakes. So they simply <laughs> compare, <laughs> you know, the official information from the Ministry of Defense uh, and, uh, you know, the things that you are distributing in the, on the, on the, in your social media and that come to the conclusion that you're uh, you are in the in the in the fake uh, in the fake news, or uh, <laughs> there were uh, a lot of uh, even absurd cases. You know, when, for example, some people they went to the public protest with the uh, just with the slogan uh, like "Don't kill," uh, uh, quote from the Bible. You know, and then they were arrested and they were uh, charged as the uh, discreditation of the Russian army. Or the people uh, came with the poster with the uh, quote uh, from Putin uh, from 10 years ago, where he basically said that uh, we don't want any war and, and the war uh, will be, uh, that war is the weapon of the bad governments and something like this. And they were also arrested for the discreditation of the Russian army. So um, uh, the, the main problem in Russia that the whole, uh, the whole law is, uh, is uh, broken, is, uh, or, or it's not broken, but it, uh, it, uh, it works according to another principle, uh, which is very, <clears throat> uh, very known from the experience of Nazi Germany. Uh, in Nazi Germany, there was a term uh, uh, phenomenological uh, law, so it means that uh, you are uh, accusing not uh, for what you what you done, what you have done, but for who uh, you really are. So if we know that you are enemy, uh, you will be uh, imprisoned for it, but not uh, for your action, whatever the action was. I was going to say this is just limited to anti-war protesters. Like, uh, you know, there's uh, issues of repression of the LGBT community, um, anarchists, et cetera, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so uh, the uh, law against the so-called LGBT propaganda was uh, introduced in, uh, in December of uh, last year. And uh, this law basically means that any... Uh, let's say, uh, publicity, <coughs> any public expression of anything about um, LGBT uh, is criminal. So it's criminal, uh, of course, to, uh, to publicly, uh, uh, you know, confess that you're, uh, you're LGBT, uh, you will immediately uh, be arrested for this kind of things. But also, uh, you can't even mention uh, the, uh, the term you know, LGBT, if it's not uh, used in the, in the negative way, if, uh, uh, if it's not used against the propaganda, yeah? So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so this, uh, this, this is kind of the uh, situation where we are now in Russia. I, I was going to say, too, there was an incident, I think, in September 2022 involving uh, the detainment of young anarchists um, who were then tortured, right? Yes, yes. So <clears throat> um, uh, during the last few years, so even uh, even before uh, the war starts, uh, the uh, the Russian authorities they start a huge uh, like 
operation against the existence of the uh, anarchism as uh, I don't know as, as a political fact in Russia. Yes, so uh, they uh, discover uh, the existence of some uh, hidden <clears throat> organization uh, which called uh, ne network. Uh, which is not real organization, but uh, uh, it's a pure invention, invention of, uh, of, the, of the police, of the uh, secret services, uh, and so on. And uh, they uh, arrested uh, already, uh, you know, dozens of people in the different um, cities uh, in, uh, in Russia. And, and their method is like this. So they arrest you, they torture you uh, with the use of um, uh, electricity. Uh, yeah, and um, then you will, um, uh, th then you are given uh, some uh, confessions, uh, you are uh, you are uh, mentioning some other people. They arrest these people. They torture them. Uh, they uh, they uh, got new names. Uh, they arrest uh, these um, uh, new names. And uh, this uh, investigation is still ongoing. Uh, so even uh, like uh, yesterday, there were uh, there were new arrests uh, in Moscow because now they are trying to. Uh, invent uh, Moscow uh, like branch of this uh, of this um, uh, ne network uh, uh, group. Uh, yes, yeah, so th this uh, this is one of their of the uh, lines of the uh, repressions, and uh, I um, uh, I want to say that uh, you you have to imagine uh, that for now uh, Putin's Russia has much more political prisoners, like three times more uh, political prisoners as it was, uh, for example, in the late uh, Brezhnev times uh, in, uh, in the Soviet Union. So now uh, in, uh, in the, uh, on the scale of political repressions, we are more moving to the, uh, to the let's say, Stalin's times. I know there will be people saying, well, during times of war, there's a lot of political repression. Uh, so, you know, during World War II in the U.S., we had uh, the persecution of Japanese Americans. And, of course, we think that's wrong, and I, I agree that it's wrong. But for people that would say, well, this is just how what happens in war, right? There, there's political repression at home. What would you say to the, the people that try to make that argument? Uh, yeah, so uh, um, I will say that... Uh, um... Uh, you know, in in Russia, the problem is not just uh, just the scale of the political repressions, but the the problem is the whole uh, design of the of this regime, uh, which uh, which uh, was uh, already extremely repressive uh, just before uh, the war, and uh, I think in the sense of the war, the uh, the internal uh, evolution of this regime and uh, and uh, external expansion uh, they're uh, very closely uh, related to each other yes so uh, the war uh, was also a tool uh, for uh, for this uh, regime to uh, to destroy all the elements not just of opposition but of the self-organization of the uh, of the uh, russian society so war became a, uh, you know a mode of existence for, for this regime 
and that is very uh, very different from uh, other cases of just a country in 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 uh, war and uh, the other important thing of course uh, is uh, that uh, war uh, from the russian side is purely aggressive war yes so uh, that uh, the, that is the not war that happened because of some you know, as a, as a First World War or or uh, the Second World War, so that the war that was started as a pure aggression, and uh, what uh, uh, the Russian government is trying to do now, they are trying to uh, share their responsibility for this uh, aggression uh, with uh, with the with the Russian society. Yeah, because uh, if you uh, if you want uh, to uh, to gain some uh, some support uh, from uh, from the people uh, to this uh, to this uh, war, uh, you should uh, somehow win uh, these uh, people on the side of your uh, arguments. So people should justify their uh, their aggression uh, uh, against other country, the uh, supremacy of Russia in let's say in. Uh, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, uh, and so on. This sort of leads into another question I had for you, and I, I just wanted your thoughts on it. Um, you know, I think there's elements of the Western liberal intelligentsia, uh, and I, I'm not even necessarily speaking about leftists or socialists here, but rather liberal centrists that will argue about whether this should be called Putin's war or Russia's war. And some people will try to argue this isn't just Putin's war, this is a problem of Russia, and they'll make claims like, um, you know, this war is a result of a, a culture of imperialism embedded within Russian culture. I was wondering if you could respond to people who make that argument. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, the things are very complicated in the sense that you can say that the arguments behind this war, the arguments against the existence of Ukraine, uh, against the agency of the, you know, Eastern European states or the post-Soviet states, they are just came from Putin. Yes, yeah, so of course there 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 is some some ground for it, uh, ground in the imperialist uh, past, past of uh, Russia and so on. But why uh, I think that the idea that this war is Putin's war is. Uh, uh, is a good idea, not because because it's the, it it explaining everything, yeah, but uh, because it uh, it it gives some uh, you know political perspective. If you uh, if you are saying that uh, this is a Russian war, that uh, that this this war of the whole Russia against. I don't know the very existence of Ukraine. Uh, so that means that uh, you, uh, in some way, uh, uh, is uh, uh, help Putin uh, to uh, to uh, you know establish some uh, unity of the Russian society around him uh, in this uh, in this uh, war, and it also uh, means that um, you. Uh, make the uh, post-Putinist uh, transformation, uh, political transformation of Russia uh, much more, uh, let's say, complicated. Because uh, if the whole Russian society is is guilty, let's say, for this war, so it means that the whole Russian society should be uh, punished. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, of course, uh, it means that the Russian society would resist in some way against this uh, collective uh, guilt and collective punishment. Uh, but uh, if you uh, if you name it just uh, just Putin's war, it means that uh, okay, so let's get rid of this uh, of this regime. Uh, uh, let's uh, you know establish some new political like. Uh, democratic political system and uh, let's say that uh, when this war was started uh, the voice of the uh, Russian society was ignored and was oppressed and that's why this war was uh, was uh, started so uh, I think in this way uh, there is the, uh, the um, some uh, some political perspective in it uh, and uh, actually, is the is the uh, <clears throat> uh, like a bad side of uh, any dictatorship uh, that if the dictator uh, has a responsibility for all the successes and all the greatness of this uh, of, of 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 the country, uh, so uh, that means that uh, he will uh, also uh, gain. Uh, all their responsibility for its failure. So, if if Putin responsible for uh, for everything, so let uh, let uh, give him opportunity to be fully responsible uh, for this war. So, before we close out, I, I have to ask you about this because I think there's been really heated debates within the Western and the Western socialist left uh, about um, this war. Uh, where do you think? Uh, the Western left may have dropped the ball on this war from your perspective. Uh, and, and what would you say to Western leftists who view this as, as a war just between, um, you know, Western imperialism and, you know, Russia? Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> the, uh, the message is very, is very simple, that when you uh, look at this war as, uh, as the conflict between Russia uh, and, and, and the West, uh, you just uh, support the the Putin's idea of the lack of existence, lack of agency of uh, of Ukraine, and uh, actually it's extremely imperialist uh, imperialist view. I mean, like culturally, even even culturally uh, <clears throat> imperialist, because um, when you look at the situation from your uh, like perspective, <laughs> from your perspective as the as the American, uh, as the American leftist, for whom the main problem is the I don't know opposition to his own uh, to his own um, government uh, to the imperialist ambitions of uh, this government. So uh, it means that uh, you uh, your behavior behavior is also a bit of uh, imperialist. Uh, because uh, you believe uh, that your position is a kind of universalist position, that uh, you as the American or you as the British could be, you know, more uh, more uh, uh, global <laughs> on uh, on his uh, uh, view as the Ukrainian uh, who is uh, who is fighting, uh, you know, with the, <clears throat> with, the with, with Russian army by now. 
So, of course, this Ukrainian is very narrow-minded person, and you, as the, as the American leftist, uh, has much more broad, uh, broad perspective. So, I think that is very, uh, very imperialist uh, uh, view, and uh, it should be it should be revised. And uh, I think that, um, in fact, the, the West uh, shared the responsibility for what is going on in. Uh, in Ukraine, uh, also because they, uh, uh, you know, they uh, for years had this line to, uh, you know, have a good relations with uh, with Putin's uh, Russia to uh, to uh, treat Putin as a kind of rational uh, player on the global. On, on the global arena and uh, definitely the West sacrificed uh, the, you know, the democratic values and things like this uh, to uh, the, uh, to these good relations with, uh, with Russia. You can uh, remember, for example, how in the early 2000s, uh, Putin became a great friend of uh, George Bush uh, and he tried to uh, join this crusade against international terrorism. Uh, so for that moment, the main uh, idea behind this uh, crusade from the American uh, and from the Russian side uh, was that uh, basically Al-Qaeda and Chechen resistance uh, is nearly the same. So you have a, a radical um, fundamentalist Islam in, uh, in Chechnya as well. And uh, what Russia is doing in Chechnya is nearly the same as uh, US doing in uh, Afghanistan. So, uh, and uh, of course, that moment for Putinist regime was, was the crucial moment because it was the moment when uh, this uh, regime was, uh, was, was installed. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, the attitude of, of uh, US as the, as a state, as the imperialist state uh, to Russia was nearly the same as now to Saudi Arabia or, you know, other uh, repressive uh, dictatorships. You're against cutting a deal with Putin. Can you go into the reasons for that? Uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> the deal uh, with uh, Putin on Ukraine by now will not mean uh, me- means peace. That's uh, that's the main uh, problem uh, because uh, uh, because uh, his uh, his logic uh, is about to you know to to re-establish the Russian domination on the post-Soviet uh, space. Uh, and uh, uh, any any deal on the, uh, w- which means the division, <laughs> some kind of division of uh, Ukraine and between West uh, and uh, Russia uh, will, uh, you know, just uh, prove that uh, he, he's on the right way. Yeah, and uh, definitely he uh, he will uh, he will continue, you know, after it. Yeah, uh, of course this deal uh, will uh, support to strengthen his his power inside uh, Russia and uh, give him uh, some time to prepare for the new uh, for the new war. 
against uh, Ukraine or against Moldova or against Baltic states. So there are many, many options and all options are already in the table uh, if you are uh, following carefully uh, to what uh, the uh, Russian propaganda is saying openly. You know, I mean, uh, Russian propaganda not uh, not in English, not the Russian propaganda oriented to the Western leftists, but the Russian propaganda in Russian oriented to the Russian citizens. The very last question I wanted to ask you: uh, a lot of people um, will say, or, or certain people will say, uh, you know, we, we have to see this war end immediately. Uh, it could lead to nuclear escalation, or we have to oppose. Uh, Western imperialism by supporting Russia. I, what's your sort of, you know, words to them? Yeah, the answer is very simply, if we want uh, some kind of peace, uh, this uh, peace uh, should be based on some, uh, you know, common uh, common rules, common understanding of the, you know, of the, of the international law. Uh, if uh, it will not uh, happen, uh, this uh, peace uh, will be just uh, unstable. Uh, it will give a way for one side to to uh, expand, you know. And that was exactly happened. I don't know in 20th century. I don't want to repeat, you know, all the story about uh, Hitler and Czechoslovakia and so on, but. Uh, uh, I mean, if you look to the logic of uh, Putin, uh, even with all the differences, uh, it, it, it is nearly the same. Uh, if uh, uh, he, uh, he uh, sees some, uh, you know, step back, uh, he, believe, uh, he believes that uh, th this is the expression of the weakness and uh, this is the exact symbol, uh, signal <laughs> for him to continue. Yes, yeah, so that, that is the logic on, on that side. Uh, and uh, you have to, to take it seriously, you know, this, uh, this logic. Uh, uh, and uh, if we want a real peace uh, uh, in, uh, in Ukraine, it uh, should be uh, based on some, uh, some uh, guarantees of security uh, for, uh, for Ukraine. If it, uh, there will be no any guarantees for security of Ukraine or any other post-Soviet uh, states, uh, it, it's not real peace. It's just a, uh, it's just a break uh, which uh, which which is helping put, Putin's uh, Russia to uh, to uh, prepare for the new war. In other words, are you saying that any type of um, negotiations to end this war really need to include Russia making concessions to Ukraine and, you know, the security of Ukraine being guaranteed when that negotiation is made? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I, I, I believe that, uh, of course, the demand should be that the Russian troops uh, should uh, leave uh, Ukraine uh, even on the line of the uh, of the February uh, last year, yeah, uh, I believe uh, that uh, Ukraine uh, should have a right to join uh, whatever uh, military organization they they want. It 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 should not be uh, you know kind of uh, the. Uh, 
piece of uh, negotiations or piece, uh, point of agreement uh, uh, with Russia. Uh, and uh, I think uh, also that, yeah, some, you know, international uh, organizations like UN or, or, or whatever uh, should be should be the main, uh, you know, um, um, mediator of this uh, of, of these uh, negotiations. Well, Ilya Butchvetskis, I want to thank you again for coming on Parallax Views. What's the what do you hope my listeners get out of the conversation we've been having here uh, for the past hour or so? I, I, I will say that uh, if you uh, want to to help to stop uh, this war, uh, you should uh, listen to the, of course, to, to, the, to the Ukrainians. Uh, you should uh, listen to the Russian uh, anti-war uh, movement. Yeah, so also in the sense that, uh, you know, your main problem is uh, American government who is sending uh, weapons to, to someone. You, so you should be careful about who is this someone. Uh, if, uh, if this someone is the, uh, you know, uh, Ukrainian army resisting the aggression or this someone is the uh, Kurds uh, fighting for, uh, for their uh, autonomy and for their freedom or this uh, someone is uh, just some criminals so uh, you should uh, uh, you, you, you should uh, see the differences you know because uh, because uh, the the situations are are, are are very different and not not uh, any uh, weapon that was sent in by uh, Ukrainian uh, governments uh, government uh, will be in the wrong uh, hands Yes, yeah, so you should uh, you should uh, look about about the hands and listen to uh, to this uh, to this um, uh, people and to take their opinion um, uh, as well. Thank you very much, Ilya Putretskis, for coming on Parallax Views. Thank you. Well, that does it for this edition of Parallax Views. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ilya Butretskis. If you appreciate the work here, I do at Parallax Views on Patreon at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. One more time, that's patreon.com slash parallaxviews. And with that being said, until next time, you've been listening to Parallax Views. With Jerlax View to Parallax Jerlax View with Jerlax View. The way out is not simply to say don't do it, just to prohibit. It's nothing else. If we don't do it, others will be doing it like crazy. So, you know, we have to confront the problem. But no, basically, basically, I'm. I know of the great anxiety problems, new forms of control, but it's also new forms of freedom. This is why I always emphasize that uh, uh, internet and all this new digital stuff, it's a very ambiguous phenomenon, but it's the field of struggle. New forms of enslavement, but at the same time, new incredible forms of freedom. We have to accept the fight. With no nostalgia for old, allegedly more authentic communities or whatever. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid.
not afraid. I'm not afraid.